Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another brand new episode of the Define University podcast. Super excited today because I am being I am joined um, by a guest that I can't wait to dive into this conversation. Um, this is somebody that I've gotten to know um, really well over the last probably year, if not more than that. Um, we got to meet up in October, and I just can't wait to unpack all things uh, leadership today on the Define You podcast. So, without further ado, I welcome Darren Pepper to the podcast. Welcome, Darren. Thank you, Lindsay. That was, that was quite the introduction, and you're right. I mean, we really we really have had a great opportunity to get to know each other quite a bit better over the last probably at least a year and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so fun. I love, I mean, I love bringing guests on here, one, to, you know, obviously talk about their expertise and bring their strengths and bring their like content area. But I just love, I love at, I love it as a way to just catch up, right? And and I think it's really fun. It's a fun avenue to use, you know, the podcast to have some really genuine, authentic conversations. And you are somebody that I always go to for leadership. So for me, I'm like, let's just let's unpack leadership at, you know, some different levels today, because I know a lot of my listeners, you know, I often fall sometimes on the I'm not a leader yet kind of side of the equation. And I, right. you know, work with them to build up like, yes, you are like you are a leader in yourself. So I would love to kind of just unpack that with you. And, you know, we'll kind of see where the conversation goes. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I really thought that you and I were going to come on here and talk about being competitive dance parents. I mean, I really <laughs> thought that's what we were going to go at. Um the when you and I were together in October, I know we had a probably more lengthy conversation about being competitive dance parents than we probably needed to. But uh, but yeah, absolutely, I'm I'm more than happy to talk leadership and um, like you, I, I've been looking forward to this conversation, and uh, I'm just I'm just honored to have an opportunity to do that, and obviously honored to uh, consider you my friends. So yeah, let's go, let's do this. Awesome, and yes, maybe that'll be part two because. Kaylee does start, she starts competitions in April. So we are like, we are right into it. So <laughs> good times. Good oh, times. I, I, I don't miss that. <laughs> right. Um, before we dive in though, actually, I I know you real well, but I want to make sure my listeners know, you know, who who they're listening to. So can you just kind of share a little bit about yourself and then we'll we'll dive right in? Yeah, of course. So uh yeah, Dr. Darren Pepperd, uh 26 years in public education, now full-time. A uh, consultant, leadership coach, speaker, uh, run a small publishing house. Um, everything we do is under uh, under the title of Road to Awesome, which is it's the name of our country or our country. Ha! It's the name of our company. Ah, I just renamed the country. It's the name Love of it. our country, our company. Yeah, I know. Um, and just so many other things. You know, obviously, it's the, the title of all three of my books. And I'm just a traveler of the road to awesome. You know, I, I did everything from middle school teacher to superintendent. Um, I identify as a recovering high school principal. And, you know, that's that's me in a nutshell. I mean, I, I could elaborate, but why? It'll come out as we talk. It will. I love it. 
All right, so with let, let's go with leadership as kind of our baseline, right? That's our foundation. And what, just even there, like, what is that? I'm a big, big, you know, proponent on defining what we're talking about, right? Like, we've got to know what's our definition in order to know where we want to go and, and maybe where we don't want to go. So when you think of leadership, what what is it that comes to mind for you? Like, what's your own kind of personal definition or just concept of what leadership is? That's a great question. I think leadership really can be boiled down to a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, a willingness to to step up, to identify the current state and have a vision and a plan for ultimately changing that state. And then the other piece is, I think even bigger, it's the willingness and skill to make a difference in the life of others. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's so many other pieces we can we can attach to leadership. But to me, I've said it just thousands of times, I think, and I'll say it probably a thousand more times. When you're a leader, you're in the people business. Mm -hmm. Your your work is about about lifting up people, about helping people see you know, that that vision for the future and doing everything you can to help them make that a reality. Yeah, I think and I think that's so important to, you know, make sure at, at your core, right, whoever, you know, whoever's listening and, and at your core, you know what your, you know, definition is. And I think continue to evaluate it, right, to continue to say, am I living up to yes. that mission? Is that mission, is that definition serving me? And that's, you know, something that I, you know, coach and train on in, in any capacity that I'm teaching on, right? Because it's, if something's not serving you, if something doesn't align to you anymore, your actions are going to feel off, right? And if those actions feel off, then it, you kind of feel stuck, right? And that's what ultimately I think leads to some resistance that we have. And so when we think of, you know, those pieces as being a leader, for you personally, was there like a time when you kind of like shifted into that, like I am a leader now, or when was it for you where you were like, I'm living the life of the leader as I as I define yeah. it? To be? You know, there were probably a couple of couple of moments along the way that stand out. Um, I mean, the first one is that first tap on the shoulder when I think I was a second year teacher, and my principal uh, Betsy Parker, one of the best mentors I've ever had in my life, still to this day. Um, Betsy kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know, you really, you really should be thinking about going into leadership. And I, I think honestly, Lindsay, that was probably the first time that my name and leadership were used in the same sentence. You know, I mean, like, I seriously don't think I was even like a line leader in elementary school, you know? Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's, that's one moment that really stands out because I think it's the first time I really kind of took a step back and thought, Oh, so, so I can be a leader, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe that is something that, that I want, I want to pursue. And then probably the second one, and this is maybe the most prevalent moment was the year or the second year um, in my building principalship. So as a high school principal, I've been an assistant principal in two different roles in that same building, first discipline and attendance, and then second curriculum and instruction. And when I accepted the principal position, I moved down the hallway 40 feet and, oh my gosh, it might as well have been 400 miles. I mean, just the difference in the two roles was unbelievable. And I was not prepared. Um, I mean, you're never prepared, right? Until you actually go do it. But yeah, I was not prepared. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I discovered um, in that first year upon reflection was I thought I had to be Superman. Like I thought I had to be everything to everybody. And as a result, all I was doing was running around putting out fires. 
you know, I, like I had to answer everybody's question. I had to solve everybody's problem. And I wasn't, I wasn't leading. I was barely managing and I was probably breathing through a snorkel or full on scuba gear because my head was so far underwater. But, but the moment came in my second year, we had a new superintendent. He hired leadership coaches for all of us. And there were a lot of people in, in our district who were kind of affronted by this, you know, I don't need a coach and, you know, still that, that stigma that coaching has or had, um, we're growing out of it, um, that, you know, only people who are struggling need a coach. Well, I'm over there in the corner saying, yes, please pick me, pick me. I, I know I need help. And the first time that my leadership coach came to my school, he met me in the parking lot at like seven o'clock. And from the time we walked from the front door back to my office, which was, I don't know, a hundred yards. I think I had like eight teachers stop me, probably five or six students. I got to my office and my push pin board is littered with notes and messages. And my secretary's like, Darren, I got to see you. Oh, and you've got four angry parents out front who want to see you. And I mean, you know what we call this in leadership, right? Monday. <laughs> That's what it was. It was just Monday. It was like what you and I were talking about before you hit record. And I managed to get through all of this stuff. And I turned around and expected that my leadership coach would be there and we'd sit down and have a cup of coffee and we'd talk shop. And no, my my secretary said, hey, Tom, Tom is, was my coach. She's like, Tom's down in room 318. He said, grab a notepad and get yourself down there now. Okay. And I went down and Tom's doing walkthroughs. And I'm like, dude, I don't need to be taught how to do walkthroughs. I already know how to do that. I mean, I just put out 32 fires upstairs you know, what are we doing? And he looked at me and this was the moment. He said, Darren, it's time for you to stop being a firefighter and start being a leader. Mm -hmm. And it starts with you prioritizing your time and being where you will truly make a difference. And that's in the classrooms. And over time, we developed some really great systems that allowed me to take ownership of my time and to truly lead my school and not just come in and blink my eyes and it's time to go home because everything went by so fast. So I, I think those are probably the two moments that stand out. So powerful, right? And I think sometimes it, or many times even, it takes somebody, you know, outside of ourselves to kind of like put things back into perspective for us, right? And I think yeah. that's where you know, having your community, having people that that know you is so, so crucial. Um, and, you know, something that I, I struggle with, and I'm currently kind of like working through is, is that piece, right, that you just mentioned, we, you mentioned, we had talked about it before. It's like, how do you do for others, right? We're in this, we're in the people business, we're in the service industry, right? In yeah. education, we're in teaching. How do you do maybe not even for others, with others, right, is is part of it. And then also create that that higher level of impact, right? I think that's what we're all yep. striving for, right? And I know that people listening here, you know, something too I want to touch on is that it, that everybody is a leader, right? And that we, we get to Absolutely. see that in ourselves. And so, but before we kind of dive there, you know, for those moments when you are kind of at, and I, and I love the analogy with, with your road to awesome, right? Like you are at that pass, you're at that point of, do I do the, the busy things to get them off my plate? Or do I do the thing with the biggest impact? How do you help decide? Because they both have to get done probably at some level, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Stuff so has to how, get done. 
Right, right. And so how is it, especially in a day that is a Monday, <laughs> a Monday in February, <laughs> yeah. right? As I learned this year that February right. is just insane for every every admin there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um you know, how do you, what helps you make that decision, I guess, is is the question I want to ask. Yeah, for sure. So if for me with my coach, and then this is now what, when I work with, uh, with leaders around the country, um, you have to first and foremost, be clear on what do you care about? You know, that, that clarity is so essential. And if we aren't clear about what we value, about what we expect, about what we want to see, how in the world can anybody else meet our expectations if we don't even know what they are? So it starts with really being clear. And, you know, when you're the when you're the building level leader or part of a building level team, you have to have a collective, you know, clear set of values, clear set of expectations. And then you have to be really intentional about the communication around all of those pieces. You have to be intentional about how you use your time because how you use your time totally underlines what it is that you value. Mm -hmm. You might say, I really care about this, this, and this. But if your actions say something completely different, these are just words, right? You know, you've got to actually live those values out loud. And so to me, I call it balcony level leadership. When I was a building principal, I actually would just go over to the balcony. And this sounds a little crazy, and maybe it is, but um, I was a basketball coach. So, you know, for me to get ready for practice, get ready for the next game, to evaluate, you know, what we just did, I'm going to the video videos so we shot from the balcony so as a building level principal once i started working with my coach and got real clear about what mattered to me lindsay i would actually go into the arena and i would stand on the balcony and in my mind's eye i'm placing the six things that really matter to me like on the floor and just checking in with myself how am i doing here am i really putting in the time i need to build and maintain positive culture and climate Am I doing the work I need to do to empower and value student voice? Am I truly supporting, caring, and loving my staff right now? Um, am I telling our story? Am I being the champion of my organization? You know, am I leading with the coaching mindset? And I can't remember the sixth one, uh, which is kind of funny, but oh, am I being the instructional leader I need to be? And <laughs> the first time I did this actually is kind of funny. Um, I'm standing on the on the balcony and some of my students had seen me and I'm, a, I'm like talking to myself right and I think they thought I'd lost my mind um my secretary came over uh Marilyn and she's saying Darren what are you doing and I explained it to her and she's like oh my god that's brilliant mm -hmm. and so this is one of the pieces yes the balcony level leadership was huge but my relationship with my secretary your administrative assistant whatever their title is is crucial um, Marilyn had complete control of my calendar, my email. Uh, I mean, she was empowered to do so much and that was critical. It wasn't, we weren't doing that at first. We learned that, you know, working with my coach, but it got to the point where I would occasionally see on my calendar balcony and I hadn't put it there. And she would tell me, you need to go over the balcony. You are way too down in the weeds. You know, you've got to get back focused on what you need to do. So the calendar with the balcony, I think are, are probably two of the biggest things of how do you get it done? You know, when you start your week and I know, I know how you are. I know how you think um, you're fairly linear, fairly type A, um, build your calendar in a way that you can put those priorities on your calendar and then do them. I mean, actually hold to them. 
You know, you're going to you're going to have your calendar fill up with IEP meetings or 504 meetings or grumpy parents or student discipline, teacher evaluations. All of that stuff's going to happen. That's fine. That's part of your time. Mm -hmm. But start by putting the things you value, the things that are your priorities on your calendar first and then just hold to them. It's not easy. And yes, crises, they come up, right? You know, I mean, the best laid plans get completely destroyed when you have to evacuate the building because somebody smells gas somewhere or, you know, the the fire alarm goes off or who knows, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I think you got to align your priorities with how you're divvying up your time. And if you, if you just sit back and say, you know what? This week, I really want to get in 10 classrooms, but you do nothing about putting it on your calendar. That's just high hopes. <laughs> I mean, it's like maybe, and it might be Friday afternoon and you're running around spending two minutes in each classroom. That's not what you want, right? So own your calendar. And for the type Bs who are listening, like me, it's critical that you do that because I'm, whew, I'm, I'm not, I am not wired like you are, Lindsay Titus. <laughs> No, I, and it's such, I mean, it's, it's the reminder. I think that I, I think it's the reminder that we'll never get old, right? Like it taking care of your time, taking care of your schedule, of your commitments, of your mission, right? These are things it's, you know, these are things I, I talk about all the time, yet I still need that reminder. You know, it's because yeah. you do, you get, you get to where you're going. I sit in my office and it's like, okay, what's, what's on the table today? You know, what's here. And so you know what it, it even goes yeah, and you can't lead from your office right right you just can't lead from your office right exactly and it's even i'm sitting here you know i have the my behavior brain right and so it's like what i'm hearing you say is all how can i be more proactive than reactive right when we fall into exactly. that yeah. reactive mindset it's it is your overwhelm just naturally goes through the roof because you always feel behind, yeah. ball, right? You're you're behind, if you will, yeah. you're really, but that's what you feel. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah, like how do we be more proactive? And I think that just aligns kind of with everything in life, right? Is how do we yeah. to be, our, if our tipping point, right? So we're not gonna be all or nothing, you know, but for our tipping point, if we're more in the proactive zone, then I think we feel more in control. And we know that when we feel more in control, we're more regulated, which leads to better decisions. And it just sounds like a beautiful thing, right? It does. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I mean, it really does. Um, but, you know, so I did a blog post on this not too long ago um, about really committing to being the instructional leader. And that means being in the classroom and being in mm -hmm. your data team meetings, being, you know, with your PLCs, you know, being clear about your expectations, those types of things. And it was so interesting. I got a bunch of pushback. Uh, I mean, like a lot of pushback from people who are like, well, if I'm not in the office, then what happens when something happens? I don't know. Have a plan. <laughs> I mean, you know, quit thinking you are so stinking essential. You know, I mean, a kid gets sent to the office because whatever, you know, I mean, unless unless they were actually like threatening or using violence, they can wait for you. It's OK. But man, there are some. Uh, I mean, I one actually we ended up going back and forth on Twitter through a DM, and I'm like, look, if if that's how you choose to to be the leader of your school, I want to be clear, you're not a leader, you're a manager. You know, you need to be in classrooms, and you know, if if you just feel like you have to sit around and wait for crisis, then okay, but you know, your staff is not your staff is not 
going to feel like they are seen and heard and valued and trusted if all you're doing is waiting around for, you know, some kid to do something naughty, Mm -hmm. you know, go find the positives in your school. They're everywhere. Go do it. I I could riff on that for an hour, but um, (laughs) but when you brought that up, you know, being proactive versus being reactive, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I already I, I hit that one in a blog, and wow, there were some people who were like, "Ah, no, I can't leave the office." Like, mm-hmm. Okay, cut the cord. Yes, you can. Yeah, yeah, and and for me at least, like sometimes, like it's it's not even like a I want to, it's I have to. Like I get so you know, it's like I and I've created my space. I love being in my office. Like I love how it looks. I love how it feels. So that's really important to me. Yeah. Um, but there are times when it's like, I've just got to get out and walk around and make those connections and see the kids and pop into, you know, a classroom or two, or just, you know, we have a, an alcove right outside our library. And sometimes I'll just bring my computer there and I just sit there and, you know, see what's going on. And, or, or there's another like corridor, I'll kind of go like plant myself and, you know, kind of make my little like mobile office, if you will. And there's just times where it's like, I, it's not even a want, it's like, I've got to do this to kind of just center myself. Um, and then, you know, and then I think it just, it helps because you are, it's a simple thing of, oh, there, there she is. Like she's out, she's doing these things versus I haven't seen her all day. Like, is she here today? You know, um, like that's, you know, my, I, I don't, I don't ever want people to think that, like, is she even here today? Like, I want people to know, yeah, I'm here. And they know, you know, yeah. I've gotten to that place where they know if they haven't seen me, it's been a day because I haven't had the moment to, <laughs> yeah. you know. And those <laughs> will happen. Steps I mean, out, right? In fairness, <laughs> those will happen. I'm not I'm not saying or advocating that you're never in your office. I mean, I right. we had um, over time, we developed in our, in our building where I was the principal, we built benches and they were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, much like you going in, you know, going into the alcove, I would just go out on a bench. Yeah. Um, that was before the the rolling desk. I should have invented the rolling desk. I mean, I really should have um, because I was kind of that same way, but there are times you need to be in your office. And I, I think that's important. And I'm, I'm not arguing never be in your office because you're going to be in your office. There are things you have to do. As we were talking earlier, stuff has to get done, whether that's, you know, completing discipline referrals, you know, writing up your your teacher evaluations or, I mean, ad nauseum. There's all kinds of things you have to do. And sometimes you do that in your office. Uh, but there are those things like you just talked about. You can get out and do those somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with that because it allows for some visibility. Um, email, here's another one that I think I know I struggled with at times. Um, we can get so tethered to our email. I mean, like it's right here, right? I mean, it's on my phone. I've got my laptop. You know, I got things dinging like crazy. And this is back to the calendar piece, but I started blocking time on my calendar to do email. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then if I'm in a classroom, whether it's an evaluation or just a walkthrough, or I'm just hanging out in classrooms, then if that email comes, Hey, I'm going to get to that at 3.15 because that's the time I have locked for email. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's a dire emergency, first of all, why would you email me about a dire emergency? And and two, again, I said, my secretary had full access to my email. If there was something that was really a hot button issue, she knew how to get a hold of me. I mean, we we had a system worked out actually as a team where if one of us was in a classroom, we knew radio was going to be turned off. We're not answering emails. We're going to be in, you know really engaged in what we're doing in the classroom. But if if you need me, you text me nine one one. 
I will step out and call you because I'm going to have the radio off. Um, I, I work with, you know, teams across the country and Lindsay, there are so many times where I'll go into classrooms with other administrators and they keep their radio on. Mm -hmm. No, turn the radio off, <laughs> man. You're telling everybody the first time that thing squawks, that that's more important than you being in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I, I know I'm, I'm chasing squirrels now, but, um, it's, it's important that you are visible and that you are present. I mean, you, again, you can't leave from your office. You just can't. Right. And I think, I mean, the other connection I'm thinking is like this even, you know, correlates to, to teaching, right? Like, I think we all know like connections are made when, you know, when we're, we're with the kids, right? We know that. But I also think that the connections strengthen when we spend time with the kids when we don't have to be with them, right? So visiting them during their lunches or pulling them to do lunch, right? Or if you don't have, if you're not out with recess, say the other people cover recess, if you get out there at recess one time and like play the games with the kids and you are there or you join into their gym class one day, again, I'm not saying every day, I'm not saying all week long, right. but those little moments, you come in the last five minutes to play hoops with your class, you know, like I think those are the times too, as a teacher, you're seen differently from your students, just like same thing as, you know, admin, I'm seen differently when I'm outside of my office versus in. I think it's the same thing for teaching, right? You're seen differently yeah. inside the classroom teaching a math lesson than you are like out at the bus loop welcoming the kids into the school building. Right. And I think that's just so right. key role. And and where, you know, I think that's important is because it's back to something we talked about earlier is everybody is a leader, right? And this is coming from me. Absolutely. Who, when I first started teaching, I thought leadership was admin. Like I thought leadership was a role. That is, that was me. That's how I, you know, saw things. And it took a long time for me to be able to say, I am a leader, um, even before, you know, I took this role, um, because it's, I was a leader of my life. Like for me, that's where I went, you know, with, you know, everything and, and what I teach and define you is you lead your life and then that helps you lead others, right? So when you think of that, or when you work with people on, you know, kind of leadership and their own leadership abilities, is that something, one that you see as well? And then just what is kind of your message to somebody maybe listening that's like, well, I'm not a leader yet because I don't have that title, right. I don't have that specific role yet. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just such a powerful thing. Um, as you're talking, I'm, I'm going back to early part of my career. So my first five years, I taught middle school and um, I had my first year, they gave me the morning duty in, we had two different gyms and the, the littler gym that was over by my classroom, kids could come inside and they could play basketball and that kind of stuff. And I, I just embraced it, you know, like it was the, it was the duty nobody wanted. And I did it all five years. I was there, not because I was given it. I was given it one year and then it was, Hey, what do you want to do different? And I'm like, no, keep me in here. And I just played hoops with them, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I wasn't like super in all the time, but, you know, I had an opportunity to just have some fun with kids and, you know, kids see you a little different when you do that. And um, I think that's, that's important. I mean, again, we're, we're in the people business. I mean, our job, our job is to take a little person and make them a little better little person in nine months. I mean, that's really, that's our job in a nutshell, whether, whether you do that through chemistry or math or third grade or whatever, whatever you do that through, that's your medium, but our jobs are all the same. And, mm -hmm. you know, my, my message to those who either don't see themselves as a leader or, or see the role that they hold as not being that of a leader, everybody can lead. Everybody has the opportunity. And it just comes down to this, you know, 
from the position you hold, teacher, cafeteria worker, custodian, whatever, you have the opportunity to make a significant impact on the life of a kid by simply building a relationship. I worked with, um, I worked with one of the most amazing maintenance people ever. Actually, I've worked with a handful of them, but but one that really stands out. Uh, a gentleman named Cleve, he retired as an engineer, lived down the street from me, came down one afternoon and just said, you know, is there a job I could do at the school? I just want to come and, and help, just be around kids. And I'm like, oh, I'm looking for a maintenance guy. We hired him on the spot, you know, and um, he ended up being the guy who set up all of the athletic events. So like he was setting up the the chairs at the basketball games or he was setting up the field for soccer or basketball or what, or I mean, uh, football or whatever. And I mean, that was cool that he did that, but he was probably the biggest cheerleader we had. I mean, he's down there on the sidelines, you know, rooting the kids on, giving them high fives, but it was what he did after the contest or during the week. I would find Cleve sitting and talking with kids any time of day. I mean, he was there to mentor kids. He saw that he could make a difference. And I always use him as an example because there was another time, the exact opposite, where we were fortunate enough to have the U.S. Department of Ed come and see our school. Our career academies were getting national acclaim and Arnie Duncan was in the building. And one of my EL paras had a question for me. And when she came over, uh, her name is Maria. She came over and I'm standing with Arnie Duncan and I went to introduce her and she's like, no, I'm, I'm just a para. I'm like, no, there's no such thing as just a, you know, I mean, the impact she had on kids, man, especially our young Hispanic females. Oh my goodness. She was such a great leader for them. Such a role model for them. And I think people just sometimes forget that, you know, or they lose a little bit of perspective because they don't necessarily have a title mm -hmm. that, you know, goes with being a leader. And and I don't think, Lindsay, your perspective as an early career teacher is unique. I think most people probably see it that way, mm -hmm. you know, that, oh, that's my principal, therefore that's our leader. Well, your principal should be a leader, but, you know, you can have great teacher leaders. You should have great teacher leaders. You should have, you know, great leaders in so many different spaces. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a bus driver who did some amazing things. Uh, I mean, well, well before COVID, just trying to support his kids. He had a super, super long route. This was before buses had Wi-Fi. He just started bringing his hotspot, gave some pretty clear expectations. You know, here's what, you know, but I want you guys to be able to get your homework done. And at each stop, if you need a little help, come and let me know. I mean, you know, this, this guy was a, a retired business person from, from the Denver Metro area. Just wanted to make a difference. Right. Everybody has a chance to lead, Lindsay. That's that's the point. I'd probably tell you 25 more stories, but that's yeah. that's not the point. No, but it, it it's so I love it because it's so it is so important, right? Like there are there's just so much that comes into leading. And part of what I love that you shared is is it can be those small we we hear that, right? But those it really is those small moments that make the big impact. And you know, again, I think it comes back to what you talked about at the very beginning, like what's your definition of leadership, right? If your definition yeah. of a leader is an administrator, then you're not going to find examples of, you know, if you're, if you're a teacher, you're not going to find examples. But if your definition is somebody that, you know, makes an impact by serving others to their best of their ability, well, you do that every day, right? Or then it becomes yeah. the question, how will I lead today through impact, you know? 
Um, one of the books I, I recently read, uh, we did it actually as a book study in Define You, is um, This Is Day One by Drew Dudley. And he um, he shares about this concept of day one leadership. So if you think about day one on any job, you're, you're always like, this is amazing. Like, oh, you're, you're like a sponge, right? You're soaking it all in. Like, no yeah. one's usually all that stressed on day one because it's new, it's exciting. And his whole concept is how do you bring that energy on day two and day 10 and day 50 and day 100. And one of the things that he talks all about is this having these questions that guide your leadership, having these questions of how am I living the values like you talked about, right? How am I defining yeah. what does that value look like? And then by the end of today, what impact have I had? Um, and I think that, you know, is helpful for, um, you know, somebody who's like, I just don't know where to start right? It's like, start small, start with yourself, right. start with um, one student, start with two students and build from there versus thinking it's this like enormous change we have to make um, because it, that that's overwhelming, right? And that's all about, I'm, trying, I'm all about trying to <laughs> reduce the overwhelm. So take those right. small steps, you know, identify the leader in yourself because that's going to then help you know, bring out the leadership qualities in others, especially in our students, which I think is huge. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like building a jigsaw puzzle or, you know, a Lego death star. I mean, you don't, it doesn't just come together instantly. You know, it's one step at a time. It's one piece at a time and, you know, it takes patience. It really, it really does. But yeah, I, I love how you said that, you know, if, you know, if you can look at how you're going to show up on a given day and just simply say, you know, Hey, today I'm going to show up and I'm going to make the, I'm going to make a difference in the life of a kid. That's a pretty great way to, to show up and do your work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so many, so many amazing things. Thank you so much, Darren. Um, I, I think we could talk for hours, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I, know, I know we could. Um, yeah, we've it, proven that we have. Yes. Um, but if people want to stay connected with you, if they have not yet connected with you, um, what is the best place for them to do that? Um, if you go to the website, so it's road to awesome.net. And I mean, that'll, that covers everything, you know, the coaching, the consulting, um, links to the blog, the podcast, um, all the books that we publish here at road to awesome, uh, including, including mine, um, all of them are there. Um, if you're more of a social media person at Darren M. Peppered on virtually every platform. Yeah. So make sure if you're not yet connected, um, go do so. Um, like I said, I gain insight every week <laughs> from Darren. Um, and so I hope uh, my listeners can as well. Um, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, I will be back with another episode um, oh so soon. Um, but until then, keep on loving who you are, owning who you are, trusting in who you are. Those will help you define who you are each and every day. I'll see you guys next week. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.